So we're coming to you from our new-ish studio 1.2.5? I'm confused. It's, it's still in beta. It's actually 0. 0.8. 0. Uh, 8 we're still beta. working on getting it all Still arranged. the beta studio? Yes. However, we've got some new stuff. Uh, I think we sound like we're supposed to sound. Yeah-ish. Yeah, we're I guess, back. I guess the proof will be in the pudding. Can you, can you like go back and edit what we've said so far so I can hear it? Nope. Okay, moving on. What do you got first for us today, Scott? What do you got for it? You sound like me. That was impressive. Can you even do that on purpose? I don't know. I haven't <laughs> been practicing. I should have been. Should have been drinking. We've talked about primary arms stuff here on the podcast in the past and how much we like it and how, um, I guess, how it hits the right value spot. There are better scopes. There are better red dots. There are cheaper scopes. There are cheaper red dots. But uh, when it comes to the primary arms branded stuff, uh, primary arms seems to hit that perfect sweet spot on cost versus value, right? It's also their their policy to help you out when you have issues with their items as oh, well. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's one of the key things for me. It's easy to recommend a product that has excellent customer service to back it up. You know what I mean? It's It's... Even if it's a, a product, in this case, this isn't the case, but in some cases, you have some products, you have the two of the exact same product that occupy the same niche in the market, right? And one of them has terrible customer service, they'll never get back to you, and maybe their product's a little bit better. And the other one has great customer service, and they'll take care of anything that happens down the road, and their products are not as good. You might recommend the product with a better customer service, I'll be oh, honest with you. Yeah, or with the factories all pumping out the exact same product for just different quote-unquote manufacturers it's just branded differently uh you're gonna go with the guy who's willing to oh, take yeah. your phone call return it and get you the the one that works because i mean no matter what one out of you know two thousand three thousand four thousand whatever product might have an issue so anything man makes will break right let's face it there's broken aim points out there there's broken acogs there's broken BCM rifles. There's broken Colt rifles. All of the things that we hardly recommend is bulletproof. There's broken Glocks. I've seen broken Glocks. Uh, all those things are made by man. Now, it's what happens. One, it's one how much they break, right? And then it's, then it's the customer service that backs it up if it does break. So, anyways, back to primary arms. Uh, we, had a, we had a listener ask us um, you know, what we thought about the primary arms red dots. And if you go back far enough on the podcast, I think you'll you'll find out what we think about them. Uh, we actually put one on a belt-fed M240 and shot it, and uh, it survived. <laughs> it actually hit pretty good. It actually it actually worked really well. I, I know the, I know the guy who owns that one, and it still holds a zero. Still holds a zero. Um, uh, let's see. I've got one on a, uh, a Smith and Wesson M&P fifteen twenty two. That uh, you know, it's it's going strong. It's it's a wonderful thing. Uh, the uh, one of my good buddies has one of the big ones that has the auto on feature on it. It's pretty slick. Yeah, the, a lot of those guys are starting to get that battery saving, long yes. life. Yeah. Well, if there's one thing you can say about an inexpensive red dot is a terrible, terrible battery life. Yeah. Especially yeah. compared to say an aim point, which we compare everything to, right? Uh, when, when your aim point on your duty rifle or your, or your self-defense rifle has a battery life that's measured in years and your little plinker has a battery life that's measured in trips to the range, like three <laughs> or four, 
you know, I'm always throwing those little uh, CR2032 batteries in my range bag just to make sure there's some in there when I get to the range and I have a dead battery oh, yeah, in, in a scope. That's so, what's in my range bag. It's one of my accessories that I bring yeah, with me. Yeah, you got to have that. and It's like ear pro and eye pro. It needs to be in there, right? Oh, and, and oil. I forgot oil yeah. the time before last. Was... But you're bound to open up that safe and realize that you left it on. Yes. Yes, you reach over and you're like, I, oh, oh batteries. New battery. So you got to get a battery out of the kitchen. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, Primary Arms has the auto-off feature. Oh, and the newest thing, I saw it at SHOT Show. I fell in love with it. It's not a Primary Arms branded scope. It's actually a Holosun branded red dot sight. Uh, but it has the primary arms ACSS reticle. And for those of you who like EOTEX, I don't know, one of the big arguments for, uh, for EOTEX was you could get the cool ballistic dots. I don't know. Have you ever heard that? Yeah, you're talking about the three dots? Yeah, yeah. You get the three dots the, the, it can hold. Yeah. Right, right. That was one of the arguments when you tell somebody, get rid of that EOTEX, buy an aim point. They say, but it's got the three dots. And you're right. like, yeah, but, but it turns off. <laughs> And you don't have any dots, but no. Uh, but the ACSS reticle is this beautiful dot chevron holdover thing. Just Google it and go to the go to the Primary Arms website and check out the ACSS reticle. Um, I played with it at Shot Show, and it seemed brilliant. I can't wait to get my hands on one. They sold out of the first batch already, so I kind of missed the. Bone. You know, Scott, I might like this a little bit if it's available in multiple colors. <laughs> Because, you know, if it's Red not, green. I'm not interested. What about blue? If it's in blue? <laughs> Actually, I think Bro Optics had some blue stuff there for a little while. Now, this one, however, uh, it doesn't come in different colors, but it it's does. It's red only, I believe. It's red, but you can adjust the reticle. You can turn off the holdovers. So oh, if it's too busy, cool. yeah. you can turn it off. And if you want it on there, you can leave it on. Well, I mean, think about it. If you're hunting hogs at a certain distance... Why wouldn't you just throw it on there? Yeah, or? have it on there. Yeah. And if it's a self-defense plinker thing and you don't need the busy reticle there on the bottom, you can turn it off. It's right. uh, it's pretty impressive. Uh, like I said, uh, we'll get our hands on one and get some actual range time on it because I'm real excited about it. Um, so uh, once again, uh, Primary Arms, uh, they've got, a, they've got a, a huge range now. They've got a, a plinking 22 scope with their cool reticle. It might be the ACSS. It might be another one of their cool reticles. Um, that's specifically made for the, the 22 type rifles, uh, specifically at 25 yards, that sort of thing. Uh, so anyways, go check their lineup out. Let us know what you think. But the answer, of course, is we always recommend that for a, a non-duty weapon, a training gun, a plinker, a range toy. Uh, you can't go wrong with the primary arms optics. There's actually a really great video out there. It's about 12 minutes long. Uh, we'll have to try to find it and post it. But somebody went and did an entire show yeah. over primary arms, and they go through their entire list of optics and show their range where they test it and kind of the whole background of the company company and everything. So, oh, that sounds fun. I'm oh, going to yeah. have to check that. I haven't seen that one. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Um, I, I know everything that I've seen from them has either been, like I said, the perfect price point or just super impressive for well, its price point. And, and let me be honest. So the one that I have was the one that was, was on the M240. Yeah. And it was the one that took however many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of rounds, closer to thousands probably. Uh, yeah, um, it, that wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't doubt that at all. And it's been out in freezing cold and hot weather, and I haven't had any issues with it. And it's going on, and I need to... 
It's going on eight years now, maybe wow. seven years. Has it been that? We have seven had years. that in a while. Yeah. I forgot about it's been that. about That's seven right. years now. Yeah. And I have got a one Because I bought four. it from you after you had it for yeah. two years. And I bought it at least six or four years ago, maybe five. You know what? I think I just realized that my I have a uh, primary arms one to four on a, uh, well, I think I just took it. You know, I just took it off. Uh, one of my car, AR-15s. But uh, that one was just seven or eight years old. I bought it like third hand. I bought it off a guy who bought it off a guy that I knew. So I, I've, I've shot the scope before. And, you know, it came up for sale and it was a smoking deal. And you just, you, you, that's the kind of scope you want. And we've shot the one to six that we're in love with. And uh, we've looked through the one to eight, which is brilliant. And uh, oh, let's see, uh, the four to 16 is a really solid value at that price point. I don't think you can do any better than them. What's, one, what's interesting about primary arms, unlike some of the other cheaper scopes, is that we're selling them amongst each other and trading them amongst each other. Most of the time when you're trading something or getting rid of something, you sell it to someone you don't know <laughs> because it's not good. And I can't tell you how many times someone's been like, oh, I'm going to put this up on, you know, Gunbroker or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't run. They're like, yeah, but, you know, that's not my problem anymore. Well, I've seen that at this, that's the other part of the, of the thing that not only is it a great value, but it seems these products hold up longer than the uh, comparatively priced products in their price range. And and so that just shows you that it's a quality product, I guess. So, Scott, you know that I got my Springfield TRP 1911. Are you getting back into the 1911 game anytime well, soon? Okay. It's not a priority, but I, I have a list, of like a shopping list of 1911s that I want to get. And, you know, it fluctuates, you know, when you're like, ooh, what is that? How much does that one cost? And, and, and... I've always got my eye open because I, I want a 1911. I feel like I need a 1911, but like I, I, I can't decide exactly which one or even which caliber. I'll be honest with you. You know, I, I can, I can completely understand which caliber. I think that everyone does need to own a 1911 of some shape, form or fashion, but I, I really enjoy the nine millimeter 1911. Yeah. The nine millimeter 1911 just, just calls to me. For some reason, uh, on the other hand, I really want a forty-five one so I can suppress it because that's awesome. Um, yeah. Suppressed nine millimeter, awesome. Not as awesome as suppressed forty-five. I'll just be honest. Forty-five suppressed, awesomer, awesomer, awesomest. Um, Never been used before. Coin trademark. Yeah. So TRP uh, definitely at the top of my list. Now the, I got the, the TRP tactical. Yeah. The the TRP is um, is is where Springfield Armory really starts to put um, love into their pistols. Their, their their lesser pistols aren't like bad, but it's that it's that TRP is that cutoff from right. good solid uh, 1911 to something that I would would be ready to carry for self-defense or duty. Does that make sense? Less mass-produced, more yes. handcrafted. Yeah, yeah. There's more love gone into it. More, more, I think the, the guys who are putting them together probably have more skill uh, and, and a little better QC going out the door is, is what I've been seeing. Um, on top of that, you've got like the, the – uh, what's the one on top of that? The FBI model, uh, the professional or whatever it is. That, uh, is it the FBI? Yeah, oh, uh, it, eh. 
You don't give me custom blind. shop FBI model basically right. is what I'm talking about. That's on top of that, which is which is way more, but uh, almost all hand put together. You see, so the so the TRP means that sweet spot of the price point versus uh, versus what you get for it. Um, and it's a sub, you know, two thousand dollar nineteen eleven that comes with all the bells and yeah. whistles. The only one that competes with it, uh, in my mind, is the Smith and Wesson E series. The Smith & Wesson E-Series is, is basically another one of those entry-level, ready-for-duty, ready-for-defense guns. Now, there's two things that Smith & Wesson series is. If you get the cheap one, you can get one for like under a grand. Let's say, let's say, let's say right under a grand. You can get into this regular stainless Smith & Wesson E-Series, but you don't get the, uh, the railed frame, right? Right, and if you don't get the rail frame, your only course of action is either a tick rail, which are kind of way yeah, old school, old or school. you have this this new thing that I've noticed uh, hitting the market about a couple years ago. I don't even know how many now, but the recover. Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. that's literally yeah. what it sounds like. People is it's recovering your gun, so it's a two piece clamshell like, yeah. design that goes around the frame and adds a rail. It's like under the dust cover. It's like super extended uh, 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 grip panels that form yeah, a yeah. rail. Yeah. yeah, and I, I don't have the problem with the recover is you have to basically use a recover holster. Right. Yeah. Right? So yeah. I mean, it adds same bolt thing to with that the, gun. the, the no tick way. rail. Yeah. The only other option there is, and you missed it, is the surefire option. Now it's expensive. I think it's called the MRO seven, something like that. Uh, it's expensive. It's like a hundred and some odd dollars to add a rail to your nineteen eleven. However, but it, but it attaches very similar to the tick. It, it's very similar, and that's yeah. why I, yeah. I guess in my no, brain no, no. I just it's, I, yeah. I added them together. It's this, easier to remember. Tick this is one type. Surefire, and this is the other type. MRO seven. Yeah. Sure, sure. For his naming practices, they've gotten better, but you know this is an old design. It's been around forever. Uh, they, ha I have one of on my Beretta, so I can right. definitely uh, say it's a good design. And I've shot the, yes. your Beretta with it on there. Yeah, so. and I, I have yet to have anything fall off, so it must be working. Uh, and and they make Safari makes holsters for a 1911 with an MRO7 with a light on it. So there you go. So th that's good. Um, one of the things that's important, though, to talk about with the 1911s, at least for me being a left-handed shooter, is the accessories that will come with your gun right off the bat. The ambidextrous safety in your, in your case, right? Yes. Yeah, it's, you got to have that. And then you get the extended um, beaver tail on a lot of these, and then the checkering, the added checkering usually on the front and the back grip, uh, which is, or the mainspring housing. But that's taken off of some of the cheaper ones. You don't get all of that. A lot of times you get smooth frames. Yeah. I mean, if those little things are like deal killers, um, you definitely need to look at what you're buying at what price point. And, and I'll tell you this, those things add money quickly, quickly. They quickly add money. Yeah. So you get your regular, there are, there are sweet spots, right? There's, there's value line guns that I would definitely recommend buying. Uh, Rock Island has some tactical models that are smoking deals for the price. Um, the Taurus 1911 is a great deal for the price, especially if you can get them. You know, you used to be able to get them sub 600 bucks. I think you'd be, you'd be hard yeah. to find one for much under seven. I nowadays. think, yeah. And I think you're kind of getting into like an, maybe an arms core nine millimeter yeah. around 600. These yeah. Days, so 600, 650. Exactly. Yeah. And especially the, the rail equipped models, they, they oh, shoot up yeah. quick. It goes yeah. up there. So th that, those guns, um, 
come with less bells, come with whistles. And like you said, it, the Springfield Armory is the perfect example of the GI models down here, then the mill spec, then the loaded, then the, you know, you get your range operators or range officers, right, yeah, range range officers, officers in there. And then, and then you get your, yeah, your operators and, and then the FBI model. But, and you can see the price go up as you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, though, if, if, there, if one of those things is important to you, you, you ha- kind of have to prioritize because usually to get all the things you want costs a small fortune. Yes. Well, and one of the things that I, I like with Springfield is how um, they really try to give you every option when they get into those, like the TRPs. You can get the non-frame, the tactical frame, or the full frame, which to me looks like a RoboCop gun. But oh, the the full length full dust length. cover with Picatinny rail. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's uh. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I like the looks of that one either. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Now, I, I'm trying to understand what benefit you get from adding that much more rail to it. Hmm. I think it's the weight down on the gun to control muzzle flip. I, that's, yeah, that's all I. That's got. all I. I could think of too. Or weird bolt on light laser you know video right. camera slash helicopters that go on that on that light rail as opposed to your standard ones that we're used to maybe it was something specially requested just for that like a to add a camera to it yeah or okay. something i don't know who knows who knows with those sorts of things but uh, the 1911 is uh let's face it it's a, it's a everybody loves it i love it so uh, everybody if you don't love it you love yeah. to hate it but yeah. you should still own one you you can't tell me that there's a better shooting pistol than a really well put together 1911. It's just it's just it just doesn't happen. Um, even the 22 TCMs we shot those those Rock Island 22 TCMs they get they got a big boom and a big muzzle flash and they shoot flat and they are just a joy to shoot. They're just like a little toy. It's it's so much fun. Um, so yeah, 1911s just just they just occupy that space in the gun world where everybody really needs one or at least needs to have owned one or no, no, you need to own need one. to be buying one soon. Right. Yeah. So I, I mean, when it comes to 1911 and you're trying to pick the right 1911, what you need to do is you need to go look at all of the accessories that are out there for 1911s. I'll tell you right now, even with my Springfield TRP, I'm happy with everything that's on it except the way that I have to take it down. So what I'm going to get is an arrow precision one piece um, guide rod so I still have to spend money on the pistol that was the perfect pistol that I wanted. I tell you what, I bought a Springfield loaded model, and I was in I was in a, a similar conundrum where I had to put a hex wrench in the end and turn it to take the gun apart, and I said no. <laughs> and I, I I ordered I I called up uh, my favorite retailer, probably Brownells, who knows, and uh, I ordered a GI guide, uh, GI spring, and a GI plug. And you know, done. And now the gun takes down like every other 1911, and you can and you can be done with it. And and I wouldn't hesitate to do that with with any 1911 nowadays with those full length guide rods. I don't think I don't think adding that extra complication does anything. I'm not saying that the gun would break or it's a bad idea. If you like it, put it in there. But to me, you're adding that extra something for for something that that I can't. Um, you're just uh, giving Glock guys more reason to hate them. <laughs> Let's just be honest. There you go. That's the silly, you can't muzzle press check it. Is that what the cool guys say? I don't even know. I don't know. know. I, I've, heard, I've heard all sorts of things. Um, but yeah, 1911s are pretty stinking awesome. And, you know, a 1911 can be 
you know, dragged kicking and screaming to the modern era. I mean, you're talking about a gun that's available with, uh, you know, uh, optical red dot sights with, uh, with threaded barrels for suppressors, with rails on them for underbarrel accessories like lights. I mean, 1911s are a perfectly good fighting gun. Even, you know, a uh, hundred and... I can't do math. What's Does it come with a laser and a 20, watt me- 20 megawatt range? <laughs> Just what you see on the shelf. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that was kind of one of those things now since I've gotten older. I go back and watch those old movies and see. I'm like, oh, man, that's a 1911 with a oh, huge, huge mag light. And a giant laser. <laughs> no, it was an early uh, Surefire laser. Yeah, yeah, no. Early. No. Like, like it has a cord on the battery pack that goes up Schwarzenegger's... Uh, jacket to a giant battery pack because they didn't oh, yeah. they didn't have the technology to put the battery on the well, thank laser. goodness he's a robot and he can handle yeah, that he, weight yeah he just he just plugged it into himself go back and watch predator 2 and oh, see no. all the, yeah see all the crazy like i forgot about that one. Oh, i tried to block that one out <laughs> um yeah 1911s uh it's that's the you talked about the long slide 1911 the the other thing that calls to me is something like an out of the ordinary, like a 10 millimeter long slide. Oh, I thought you were going to say smaller and petite. No. However, <laughs> well, to, just, to, just to throw a wrench into there, <laughs> before, to get off on a tangent before I go back to the 10 millimeter, is um, Springfield Armory has their, I just realized this, they have the EMP, which is like a 1911 yes. that's been sectioned yes. and made smaller for the 9 millimeter. Well, they made it bigger. <laughs> Really? They made a champion version, which is basically the, um, the, the commander size. Okay. So basically, it's a full-size grip with a shortened frame, but now it's the, been the sectioned-off 9mm size. Huh. So it's like this weird, not really a 1911, 1911. <laughs> so I don't even know where to put it in the, in the scheme of things. But it's back to 10 mm Like a Frankenstein. Like a, like a, like a, I really want to shoot one, though, because that seems really cool to have a... Nine millimeter sized nine millimeter nineteen eleven, right? Yeah, I would agree with you. Uh, so back to the ten millimeter. Um, there's just something because if you have ten millimeter, now you can justify the long slide, right? I mean, and if you're, you have if you're the a long gun slide, guy, you can justify a long slide. Period. But. And if you have the long slide with the full length Picatinny rail that we were talking about, that I don't think looks good on a five inch gun. Well, on the long slide, it kind of looks right. Right. I don't know if you've seen this. Yeah. At SHOT Show this year, there was, uh, there was Rock Island's 10-millimeter uh, long slide with a full-length dust cover Picatinny rails. And so how much does a long slide add to your normal 5-inch 1911? Uh, I think it just adds another inch. It's what I was yeah. thinking. Yeah, so just I think like it's a 6-inch a- barrel. A 10-millimeter out of a 6-inch barrel is no joke. That's actually, you put some big old, you know, buffalo bory ammunition in there with the big boom and the big, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's your, that's your bear gun. That's what I was going to say. Isn't that something yeah. that you're either taking a Smith & Wesson 500 or you're taking a 10 millimeter out with you? You'd probably be better off with a Glock 10 millimeter, let's be <laughs> honest. But a 1911 10 millimeter is just cool, man. And you can put a big laser on it if you wanted. Oh, yeah, that's true. And you could say to the bear, are you Sarah Connor? <laughs> <laughs> you want to live, you're coming with me. Yeah, but see, I, I think, no, that was, my impersonation was pretty good. But I think that you could get away with just simply 
a samurai sword. <laughs> what? <laughs> Instead of a 1911 or like with a 1911? Like 1911 in one hand, samurai sword in the other? Like a terrible 80s ninja character? Yes. <laughs> You're like, I know, but yes. <laughs> no, I think you could. Played by for, Steven for Seagal. Yes, by Steven Seagal. Or Jean-Claude Van Damme. I'd take him also. Yeah, I, I thought about that. But 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 Steven Seagal seems to be a little bit more one with nature. And so I would feel like he would be out there. Oh, okay. You know what I'm talking about? Because he's always kind of got this like <laughs> elegant quietness elegant about quiet. him. Are we talking about the chubby guy who's a sheriff in Louisiana? Shh, shh, shh. <laughs> oh, not that Steven Seagal. That Steven Seagal. 90s Steven Seagal. Yeah, the 90s Not one. current Steven yeah. Seagal. Okay, not, my not, bad. Yeah, nah, <laughs> not the one that got a television show. I've never seen that. I can, I can proudly say that. I can, I, you know, you've never seen it, but you brought it up. No, 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 no. Because everyone else talked about how terrible it was, so I didn't have to watch it. Yeah, I never watched it, but I did see previews for it. Sure, that's what I'd say. I might have watched it now that I'm thinking about it. I, I do watch cops quite a bit, so it is very possible that I gandered at it every once in a while. Took a gander. Well, speaking of previews, I was able to get my hands on the Sig P320. You lie. I mean, yes, but not about this. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, the 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 Sig P320 is basically Sig took their P250. And they made it striker fired, right? And that sounds like a terrible, terrible idea. But what seemed to have happened is they 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 either accidentally or or they're really good at their job. They made a great gun. Cause as 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 much as I dislike the P two fifty, I love the three twenty. It is it is a really, really good gun. And and I'm really impressed by it. Now time will tell if it has the the you know the 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 duty gradeness ready to be you know go and torture test ten thousand rounds and see if it breaks like we can with our Glocks or Smith and Wessons right right but uh, I think this is going to be a contender for the 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 cop pistol the ubiquitous you know pistol in the cop's holster going forward um, some of the things going forward are the grip shell things so you could take your two fifty and turn it into a compact or a or, or a subcompact or a full size. With just swapping around grip shells. Um, the stippling. Everybody loves stippling, right? That's the cool new thing. Everybody gets something stippled. You're kind of losing me here. What, what, the, so the 320 you, is a compact and subcompact. And full size. And full size. Right. And But you can change it just by changing out the grip shells so this or is, ordering a caliber exchange kit and changing your 9mm over to a 45. So this is going back to six and a it's half years just, ago when you took the trigger package out. It's just, it's the same gun. That's what I'm telling you. Oh. It's the P250. Okay. In striker fired. So, okay. So, so it even re- uses the same grip shell. Okay. So to remind everyone, the P250 yeah. was the modular, the modular future handgun. of SIG. Yeah. When it came out, the P250. Now it came out. It's been a minute. Right? Was it six and a half years? No, maybe seven? no. It was way longer than that. Was man. it? That had to be like 10 years ago. Maybe that's when it went on sale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they went on sale like six years ago because yeah. they Sig couldn't move any because yeah. they were they were pricing these things as their flagship guns and nobody liked them. They were terrible. I I don't. I, maybe they're not a terrible gun, but nobody liked them. Actually, we have one listener that defends him. Uh, shout out to you, man. Virtual high way five. To, way to stick in there. Virtual high five, man. Um, <laughs> I'll give him mad cushy props. Mad cushy props uh, and a hug. 
Aw. Is, so, is that because he can't buy any accessories for it anymore? <laughs> no, he can still... Because the 250 and the 320 use the same grip shells, he'll probably have more options going forward. They use the same magazines. They, the was, only difference is the, is the, the, the frame trigger-packy thing that goes inside the grip shell. Yes is different and the slide assembly is different i think the barrels are the same too yeah the barrels are the same so you know if, if you've been holding on to that 250 just waiting for the accessories well here they come because the the 320 is a hit i'm telling you right now like as i was i was so my they, point they did it right they really did it, it i i don't want to give sig credit just because I, it doesn't feel like they did it on purpose but uh uh, whether no, or not maybe they, they learned from their past mistakes with the 250. I don't know. It, 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 they could have. They could have. They could have done this on purpose. I mean, and the, the, if if so, it's brilliant. Right. Right. Because there's already holsters out there. There's already magazines out there. There's already barrels out there. There's already grip shells out there. Well, and that was one of the problems with the 250 was that they took so long to roll out any of this. Oh, that stuff. was so painful. And so you could buy a 250 for years before you could get a replacement grip shell. Right. It was and, ridiculous. And that that kind of that type of marketing is not going to work when you're like hey check out this gun that you can get that's what why do you think the mossberg flex worked so well for them it, it, even though it kind of might have been a little bit of a fad thing that went away it worked really well for oh them. No, no 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 they've rolled out the flex now you can buy a flex blaze 22 right now right but it's, I it's mean, all over the place but it's yeah. not as big as it was like flex no, they're, they're not pushing they're not pushing hard, it yeah. so it's kind of died off they've, they've pulled the marketing reins back a little bit yeah but yeah that you, you don't see it with a hundred different you know, stocks and colors and you name it, it was there. Yeah, and the the 320, I think, is it's going to be a hit. It's going to be SIG's new thing. You're going to see marketing all over the place. Uh, I was trying to get uh, my point across as far as stippling. Everybody wants to stipple their handgun. Everybody wants to send their Glock to a guy and give him $250 to basically cut it up. Right, to melt <laughs> it. To melt it and cut That's it up. Same thing with Smith & Wesson's, right? Well, this is just a grip shell, which means you can take this grip shell and send it to anybody. He doesn't even have to have an FFL. Right. And, and he can stipple it for you. Or perhaps in the near future, SIG and or an aftermarket company could come out with a injection molded frame of their own that's already stippled. Yeah. Because it's, well, like, it's, it's a replaceable frame. Well, not an aftermarket because there's probably patents on that frame. Oh, that there would, might be. Would, yeah, yeah might there might be. Frame. But... But uh, there's aftermarket clock frames, right? There's there's more than one, so maybe there'll be aftermarket P250 grips. Hey, what about a uh, a, a, a a grip shell with a light or laser built in, like they're doing with the Beretta Pico yeah. grip shell? I just I like your idea about somebody running a company that just stipples those as well. Oh yeah, they're already doing it. You the, don't even the, have to the, have an FFL. You don't have to have a bound book. Nope. Nothing. All you send me your grip shell, I stipple it, I put it in the mail and send <laughs> so it back. The, the guy who's too lazy to have a, and uh, grip shells a bound are cheap. book. He can Yeah. And he could actually do a store on Etsy. And grip shells are cheap. They're That's like I mean. 30, 40 bucks yeah. for a grip shell. You can change the color. They come in flat dark earth and black right now. I, I imagine oh we'll see gosh. other colors in the future. I just thought about it. Yeah. Now, there's one interesting thing. You could thing. mix and match. <gasps> you could. You could have a flat, dark earth slide and like a black frame or verse vice or so a stainless steel slide. About it, if you think about it, if they come out with like a blue one and a flat, dark earth and you hold it gangster style, it's kind of camo to the world because you've got the blue sky and the dark earth. So like an airplane camouflage. That's what you're going for? No. An airplane camo would be the other way around. 
Oh, it's a, oh like it's like a gosh. submarine camo. Uh, <laughs> so did you uh, even put any thought into this? Sig? <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, I put a lot of rounds through it. Does that count? That does count. It, it was a really great shooting gun. So how was the trigger? Uh, so it's striker fired. So striker it fired. Should be a nice, clean, crisp trigger. It was actually one of the best, not the best striker fired trigger I've ever used, but one of the better ones for sure i think my favorite striker fire trigger right now is the uh the walther um uh, uh pp xm2 no pp one of those pps's ppn's ppas ppq m2 yeah, that's it thank you thank you <laughs> there's too many they have I a know, pps they have a ppx and a ppq and they have a, a pdq no they don't have a pdq that's something else well you are on a roll they have a ppk yeah, that's true. They have a P twenty two. They had an SP twenty two. Anyways, uh, yeah. So, so what, uh, what what about that trigger pull it's, did you it's, like? It doesn't sproing like a Glock trigger. Does that make sense? You know the you know because so. you, you, yeah. when you pull a Glock trigger, you get that weird Glock stacking because that Glock trigger is moving all those safeties out of the way and it's pulling that spring right, and you get that weird weird sproing. And then you gotta, you kind of get a little over travel, right? So with it being a, a striker fired system, you just talked about safeties with yes. this. So you liked the trigger. Mm-hmm. What were the safeties like on this? Uh, the, no safeties. Um, there was just all internal safeties. Yeah, then? all yeah. internal safeties. Um, there was the, the. We even try. I even tried out the Apex Tactical. It has a flat trigger for it. So if you're into those flat triggers, you might like that. I like the regular trigger better. So. Yeah, I, I'm a fan of. I'm not a fan of of super curve yeah. like the CZs. Yeah. I don't like that, but I, I do like the the stock and. Yeah, I like, this I was, like straight this triggers was better on my rifles, this, maybe, but yeah. not, not on my handgun. Yeah, I didn't. I, on this gun, I could live, could have lived with it, but I like the factory trigger better. That's just that's just personal opinion. Now, here's the weird thing about this gun. So I shot it in the compact variation, right? Put a bunch of rounds through it. Was like, oh wow, I really like this gun. Let me shoot again, make sure it's not a fluke. And I shot it again. I said, I really like this gun. The height over bore reminds me of more like an XD nine millimeter, mm. but it's not. Like an XD nine millimeter, if you've ever shot one, it didn't bother me. Uh, I shot an right. XD in forty. I thought it was terrible. I shot a Sig, like a traditional Sig, like two two six in forty. It was terrible. Uh, those guns in nine to me are perfectly fine, uh, and that may be the case. I didn't shoot a forty P three twenty, just the nine millimeter. Mm-hmm. But the, the height over bore was higher than I'm used to with my Glocks and my uh, my Beretta and my Smith and Wessons. But it, it, it was fine. I, I didn't notice it. Didn't bother me. No problem. And then uh, we put it, uh, we made it into to a subcompact, right? We put it in the subcompact grip shell. We put the subcompact slide on it. And I really didn't like that gun. Uh, the trigger didn't change. The, the grip um, changed drastically for me, and I didn't like it. And the... The, the muzzle energy seemed to, the height of a bore seemed to bother me then, if that makes sense. So when you switched it's, it out uh, to the full size, that's when to it the, started to, the, to bother no, you? No, no, no. We shot the compact. Right. Loved it. Switched to the subcompact. Okay. So about the four Didn't inch. like it. So, yeah. Okay. No, no. Subcompact is a little three inch. Right, right. But the compact is four Yeah, inch. yeah. About four yeah. and something. Yeah, it's like 4.17 4. or yeah. whatever the manufacturer wants to yeah. call it. So, so you I, went from the three inch. You really enjoyed that. But then when you went to the four inch. Roughly, no, 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 no. Backwards. You got it backwards. Okay. Compact. Liked it. 
Subcompact did didn't not like, like it. it. Yeah. You're right. I, did, I was thinking backwards on that. <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. No, it's, no. it's confusing because it's the same gun, but you've replaced the, the grip and the slide. So it's not the same gun. It's the same trigger assembly, right? right Basically. Yeah. So the trigger was fine in either way, but I just didn't like the way the subcompact shot. Now, this is coming from a guy who shot a subcompact, like a like if you ever shot a Smith & Wesson M&P and then shot the Smith & Wesson M&P-C, the compact version, right. they shoot about the same. You know, a little bit different, but not too bad. If you've ever shot a full-size Glock 17 and then gone down to the Glock 26, the baby Glock, they shoot about the same. Mm-hmm. The baby Glock maybe has a little bit faster slide rate and a little bit, little bit, little, it flips more, but it's easy to bring back down on target. So it kind of makes up for it. This gun, it just seemed like a completely different gun. It seemed like driving it to the target was harder. Holding it to the muzzle flip was terrible. Which is interesting yeah. because you would think it would be the other way around extending or going with it being shorter. Of course it's going to flip. See, I'm yeah, still confused. See. <laughs> see, I'm like our listeners right now. They're like, what are you talking about, Scott? Okay. All right. So the little gun, the little subcompact that blaster. That was the one didn't like that it. you did not like. Yeah. Well, okay, so that makes sense then with the muzzle flip and, and I everything. Think, I think what happened here is I think Sig sent me the small grip shell, right? Okay. So with the small grip shell, that's the that doesn't mean the small size because it's the subcompact sized grip shell. The small means like how it fits your hand. You know how they're small, medium, and large? Right. So the small has, you know, fits a smaller hand, more, less trigger reach. And I think that's what I didn't like about it. Um, you know, I'd like to get my hands on a large subcompact grip shell to, to wait for final. But I'll be honest with you, I, I don't really have a place in my life for a subcompact gun. Mm-hmm. That's 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 as wide as a Sig three twenty. Like I had a Glock twenty six, got rid of it. Uh, I've had a, a MMP nine C, got rid of it. Uh, to me, the the sweet spot in life is basically the Glock nineteen size, right? That's oh, what we yeah. talk about all the time. Right, sure. right. I, I love that size. I think it's easy to conceal. I think it's easy to carry. I think it's easy to shoot. And that's what the the compact P three twenty was for me. Now, you know, it remains to be seen, you know, like I said, longevity. I think it's a hit. I think uh, there's going to be, this is going to be the third tier. You're going to have Glock, you're going to have MMP, and you're going to have SIG P320. When it comes to striker fire? Yeah. But what about, where where does Ruger fit in that? Uh, Really? I mean, really, honestly, they... they... I don't know. I don't know if Ruger... Ruger has had the SR9 for a long time in the SR9C. And they're just not—they're just not in cops' holsters. You know what I mean? Oh, you're talking about specifically for that? Yeah, like, yeah. No, market. I'm not talking about for you. You know, right? If you want to buy, Ruger is one of those companies that has has excellent customer service. They've done and a they lot make, of things right, and they make excellent products. Now, the Ruger American—that remains to be seen. They're really going for the cop. Uh, um, contracts are going for the DOD contracts with that with that Ruger American pistol. So we'll see where that fell, falls out and and where it ends up in the big microcosm of the gun world. It, some of these guns, like the P two fifty, they just they just never make it, man. They just never hit. They just kind of bump along and they get rid of them. Uh, the Sig, uh, I'm sorry, the Ruger. Oh, what was the Ruger? Uh, the P three forty five. If you remember that, it was kind of a 
kind of an in-between the P-series Rugers and the SR-series Rugers, you know, that kind of just languished along. I mean, they probably sold some, but they didn't make a million bucks off of them. You know what I mean? And I think that's where a lot of guns fall at. And I think what we're really looking for as firearms enthusiasts is the hits, the really great guns, the really good values for guns. Right. The guns we want to carry, the guns we want to shoot. And and I think the SIG is one of them. Well, um, let me ask you about this. You had talked about shooting 45 suppressed and it being such an awesome and amazing thing because, you know, you can suppress anything these days, including yes. a 50 caliber. Uh, but what is, what are we looking at now in a post 41 F world? What, Ooh, what changed first of all, when this, yeah, the new laws went into place. First of all, what is 41 F, right? Uh, for those of you who aren't inundated in the silencer world, it's the new rules for buying a silencer on a trust, basically. Um, it used to be uh, not too long ago, like 25 days ago, uh, if you bought a suppressor on a trust, uh, you only had to do one set of fingerprints, one set of pictures, um, and, and you send that in with your trust, and, and you got your can, and lots of people could play with it because they were on the trust also. Uh, the ATF decided that every responsible party on the trust... Uh, had to be, uh, you had to submit their fingerprints and their pictures and that sorts of thing. Uh, right. they, they, but they took off other things. Like it used to be if you were an individual and you wanted to get a, a, a suppressor or a machine gun or a short barrel rifle, short barrel shotgun, you had to get a, uh, what they called the chief law enforcement officer's signature, which means you had to go to your chief law enforcement officer and he had to sign a piece of paper for you. And there was lots of jurisdictions where the chief law enforcement officers did not want to do that. Uh, the ATF got rid of that requirement for individuals. Now, do you have to pay $200 for each person on your... No, 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 no. So no. when you send it off, you're only paying the one $200 tax stamp, but you have to yeah. have everyone's picture and, and yes. fingerprints and everything to send off at the same time. Basically, yeah. yeah. Because that closes the loophole for all the guys that were getting Dude, felons yeah, in. so many there. felons had access to these cans yeah. because they were part of a truck. No, didn't happen. They made stuff up. I don't know why they made it harder. I'll, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't understand the reasoning behind it. I, I don't understand. I, I, it's all I don't about being, it's, it's showing progress for them. That's what it is. It's, you think it's, so? Yes. I, I think it's them being able to say, look, we, we were able to do this. We were able to make this happen. Look what we changed. Look what we did. We did something. And out of everything that you guys didn't want us to be able to do, we did something. I tell you what, one thing this new rule change did it made the wait times on your paperwork, getting it back from the ATF, really, really longer because everybody got their paperwork in basically like days 30 ago. days ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Between 26 and 30 days ago, yes. Everyone was just, just jumping on the bandwagon. I mean, I know, Silencer I know someone shop, that bought two suppressors yeah. because of it. Silencer Shop in Austin said they sent $2 million in checks for tax stamps to the ATF. That's amazing. I don't know what that is because I can't divide, but that seems like a lot. That seems like over 12 or 13 suppressors. Two, $2 million, right? Divided by $200. Yeah, divided by $200. What is that? That's 10,000. That's 10,000 yeah. suppressors. I'm glad I didn't say 100,000 without looking that up because I was about to say 100,000. 10,000. Yeah, 10, in one location. Ten, one that's location. one store in Texas. Now, I wonder what like, Silencer Co. did. 
Oh, the the company itself, yeah. considering they have fifty percent of the market. Yeah. Oh, none of those silencers from Silencer Shop or Silencer Co. because they don't carry them anymore, right? So that means that there's probably at least ten thousand more from around that area that were from Silencer Co. That, yeah, at least. Imagine because they they let's face it, because yeah, you said it's fifty percent of the market. They have fifty percent so. of the market. They they Silencer Co. is amazing, and I tell you what. Most of their designs that I've seen, in fact, you probably safe to say almost all of them are brilliant, and and they hit that sweet spot in price point versus value. It's it's like the Glock of suppressors almost. Um, so yeah, so the, one of the things that's come of this is we're going to find different ways to do trust because before you just did a trust and you sent off your paperwork with your stuff on it, and whoever was named in the trust didn't really matter. So obviously that's changed. And now that a trust requires uh, you to send in everybody's paperwork. So we'll see some changes on who people put on their trust. You're going to be pickier, right? Because now you won't put your uncle who's a convicted felon on there. Because, you know, felons aren't supposed to have access to suppressors, evidently. I guess that's the whole point of the rule. Something like that, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I, like I said, it's a stupid rule. It's, it's government... We talk about it all the time, right? We talk about the laws that cover guns and, and silliness. This is just more of that. This is just other laws covering the technical aspects of the silencer. One, you can still get the silencer, right? Two, uh, you can. St- it's still going to take just as... It's still much of a pain to send in your paperwork, wait for your tax stamp, then go take uh, possession of your suppressor. And three, this won't slow NFA stuff down. If you look at the charts online, if you Google like... Uh, silencer sales for the past 10 years, you'll see this this ramp up. Silencers are popular. This isn't going to slow Listen, them down. What I, what I really want to know is I want to see the numbers. I want to see how many people are actually dropping off the trust because they were felons. And what what does oh, this actually no, no, do? No, 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 no. This doesn't do That's anything. what I want to know. I'm telling you, it doesn't do anything. All it's going to do is make it just a, just a tiny bit. Like you said, an incremental change, making it a little harder. To get an NFA item, which is, I guess that's what things are about, incremental change. 